welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. Today, we are joined by Mike Uritz. Mike was previously part of our show in episode four, and today we're gonna dive a little bit deeper because we're having a slightly different conversation. This is more of a banter back and forth around interoperability, but just so that you'll recall, Mike Uritz is an industry-leading expert and consultant. He specializes in helping people with EHRs, and he has been instrumental in helping people get subsidy payments from the government as part of the EHR incentive program. So today we're going to dive in, we're going to talk a lot about interoperability, why it's important, what is interoperability, and we're going to talk about some of the challenges and the roadmap of where we think the interoperability requirements are going to go. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Dental Deep Dive. <laughs> <laughs> I always joke about that because sometimes it's actually it's actually pretty true. Um, today we are joined again. Um, welcome back, Mike Uritz. He was uh, with us in a previous episode. Um, those details will be in the show notes where we talked about EHRs. But today we're actually going to have a discussion really around interoperability. We've had a bunch of questions um, from other people asking us about where this is going. So we figured we'd sit down and we'll jump in and have kind of a quick discussion around interoperability. And it'll feel a little bit more mutual because, you know, I'm approaching it. Uh, you know, if for those of you who don't know, you know, I'm Dave Danielson. Um, I'm the product manager for Dentrix Enterprise, so I spend a lot of time working with clients and in the industry in general, trying to build, uh, make dentistry better. I mean, that's really my goal is I want providers to be more automated and deliver more, but I also want on the back end, I want there to be more interoperability and more sharing of data, and I want that information to be more accessible for, for customers and for patients. And, and so when we go down these roads, you know, Mike and I, we bump into the hallway at a conference and we're like, hey, we should, we should talk about sometime and, and put the mics on. So today is kind of that day where we're going to sit down. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, Mike, do you want to do your quick intro? Oh, sure, David. Well, um, by the way, I appreciate the thought. We mentioned jumping into hallways and having conversations. This is like our, our, our coming out with information. We finally get to officially share all our discussions with the world. So, so I'm excited to do that. Uh, I guess it's, it's just a quick intro. As you know, and I'll share with the listeners, I've been involved with health IT and software for, geez, 30 years now. And for a number of years in medicine and medical software, and then the last eight or nine years in dentistry. And uh, I really, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat of a geek. and came from a technical background. Myself was a software manager and an IT person. But I'm really excited and have been excited about the evolution of where dental software has been and where it's going. And so I really enjoy this opportunity to be able to share some of my experiences, background, and thoughts with, with your listeners. Perfect. Thanks again so much. And um, it, it's one of these really unique opportunities where I think that we're seeing a lot of evolution um, 
in the dental industry right now. I think you're seeing massive consolidation. You're seeing new entrants like Walmart getting into dental. I mean, could you have forecasted that a few years ago? And, and you know, you take these steps back and you're looking at what's going on and there's some telltale signs of things that we should be watching for. And, you know, Mike and I, we've had several conversations along the way. And one of the topics we, t we hit on quite a bit is this concept of interoperability. Mike, what, what is interoperability? What is the value of it? And tell me what you've seen and how it's changed. Well, um, I'll throw a term out, right? <laughs> and the term I'm gonna throw out is the concept in medicine, um, which is certainly applicable to healthcare in general, called the medical home. And what the medical home is the idea that a patient and their healthcare isn't a provider is an island to themselves, right? They have specialists. They, you know, they have dental people. They have medical people. A person's overall health is based on working with a number of providers. In fact, if a patient has some kind of problem or issue, they might very well see two or three different kinds of specialists. Go to the hospital. Go to their dental provider or whatever. So the whole idea of medical home is that. Now it's not island to itself. We have a team approach to taking care of a patient's health. Okay, so if you buy off on the idea that that's where we've gone and that's where we're going, continue to go in the future, then you start saying to yourself, well, how does one provider <laughs> care for me when they don't know what the other provider did? Or if I was in the hospital, how does the dental provider know that I had heart surgery three weeks ago or whatever? Well, the idea of interoperability and the importance of it is now we have the capability technically to share patients' records, their diagnosis, their demographics, procedures they've had with whoever is a touch point in their, their healthcare. So that's one of the most important concepts. And it, it's been called the medical home, I think, in the past because it came out of medicine, right? Specialists interacting with hospitals, interacting with primary care, nursing homes, whatever. So I think now that we're maybe starting to get dentistry involved, maybe we can change the term, but, but that whole concept of a, a team approach to somebody's healthcare is I think the basis of what interoperability is all about. No, it's a really great point. And you know, I, you know, what I keep getting requests for is this idea that there's continuity between the care, right? There's this, this idea of, can, you know, that care does not necessarily mean that it happened at a pre-described place with a pre-decided relationship and it's, and it's just locked into that one set of um, you know, you know, patient provider relationships, but those relationships are spreading all over the place. I mean, if we look at what's, you know, what happened recently with COVID-19, that's, that's a global issue, right? That's, that's global providers. And I don't think we're going to try and tackle that right out of the gate, but you know, there's patient care that happened other places with other providers and and how do people really know, right? And going back to this concept of the medical home, I mean, I really like that term. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a, it's, I, it's in, in an interesting way. I love the concept of medical home, but you know, what I see is I see patient-driven care, right? I'm the patient, I want the best care I can get, and I want to have choice in where I go for all of the things that I want to do to take care of my body. Correct. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention that as well. So 
initially in my introduction, I talked about providers sharing information with providers, right? Institutions, hospitals, nursing home sharing with, with institutions, right? But the one part that's missing was what you just brought up. It's now we have the technology because we have because we have the web basically, and we have the ability for a patient to actually share on that, for them to be a touch point, because you have an awful lot to say about your healthcare too, right? As a patient, after all, it's your healthcare. So, so I'm glad you really brought that up because when I talk about the medical home, uh, I'm thinking about not just all providers, but you're part of that, right? You're making the decisions, it's your healthcare. Uh, the interesting, and you know, it's funny because you mentioned the COVID-19 that we're going through right now. I was thinking about that when I knew we were gonna talk about interoperability because I was thinking about, my gosh, um, let's say somebody was in a hospital and treated, you know, last week, right? And then they had certain drugs they were taking or whatever. And then they saw a specialist, a cardiologist. And then three months from now, they go see, they have an oral health issue and go see their dentist, right? Well, don't you, wouldn't it be nice for their dental providers to know that they've been through all this, what drugs they were on, what procedures they had, you know, whatever. Um, it's just it's just so helpful for a provider to be able to see. And right now it's so timely because of what we're going through. <laughs> and, and I'm glad you brought that example because that's a perfect example of how interoperability would work. I remember um, I go to, I like New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities, right? I've gone there for years and years and years and years. I love it. And I remember going there prior and after Katrina, right? And they were talking a lot about if they hadn't had interoperability with a lot of the hospitals and health. I mean, people were just dispersed all over. It was a mess, right? But they were able to help a lot of patients that traveled from New Orleans to Baton Rouge to Texas or whatever because of the interoperability where they could still take care of people because they could share records electronically. And um, that was another striking example. So disasters especially, I mean, it's not the only reason for interoperability, right? But disasters especially really enhance the idea of why we need interoperability. Yeah, it definitely shines a magnifying glass on it, right? So one of the follow-up questions I had is, so we're at where we're at, where this is, there's some level of interoperability, you know, there's some uh, dental EHRs that have more interoperability capabilities than others, but why, why has adoption of interoperability been such a challenge? Is it, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, I think there's a number of reasons. One big reason is, you know, it's funny because I've been talking about interoperability for eight or nine years now when I go to dental conferences and talk to dentists and practice managers. I've been bringing up the concept mostly because I went through it in medicine, right? <laughs> I went through the evolution. And still to this day, when I talk about the idea of being able to share records, a lot of the providers, a lot of the practices and groups go, that's great. I understand it's going to happen someday. I understand that we might have that capability, right? So I think to answer your first question, why haven't we had adoption? I think there needs to be an understanding that, no, it's not a future technology. And you understand this better than anybody, David, because you deal with this stuff every day, right? No, there's standard technology that you could use. And yes, you can share records. It's just that the other side of the frustration about adoption is, I believe, that the vendors haven't been pushed enough to work with each other to do this, right? We had the same issue when we went through this in medicine, right? We started developing standards, but but the vendors didn't want to play with each other in the same sandbox. 
okay, they, they said, you know what? Um, I don't want to share data. I don't, I don't want to work with this other vendor. It's just a business thing, right? But you know what happened? It was kind of weird. This was years ago. The, the government at the time, the health IT czars and the health IT people in the government said, okay, vendors, you need to start looking to play in the same sandbox with interoperability, share records, or we're going to define as the, as the government, we're going to define how you, how you do this, right? We're going to take it over. So, so basically it was amazing, right? All of a sudden now the vendors started doing experiments with each other and sharing records and things. So, so to go back to the adoption, I think number one, I think there needs to be more education that yes, this is a technology that is here now. I think two, I think there has to be a push to make the vendors look at these standards, right? Um, I, I know that you in particular, we've talked a lot about it, so I know that you understand the standards and at, at Shine, you've been working on this, but a lot of other vendors don't want to talk about it. So they need to understand the standards, they need to work on it. And three, from an adoption standpoint, um, this isn't true for everybody, but I think dentistry in general has always considered itself, it's dentistry, right? it's not medicine, right? Well. Now we have healthcare. <laughs> so whether you're a dentist, whether you're a physician, I think you're going to work in this team approach, right, some, at some point. So I think dentistry needs to consider itself as much a part of healthcare as anything as this organic healthcare system. And when dentistry becomes a fully involved with the whole healthcare system, is just part of the whole healthcare initiative, then they're going to start looking at sharing data back and forth with other disciplines. So I think those are some of the things I've seen why I think we haven't had as quick adoption at this point. Hmm. Those are good points. You know, and it's it's interesting because when we when I talk to vendors and providers and other EHR vendors, you know, we we use terms like HL7 and we use terms like FIRE, which is kind of a next generation HL7 integration. And we use terms like CCDA files. And and these are very well understood and very well documented uh, integration type of, you know, technologies. And so it's very interesting to see how this will continue to evolve. And, and there's definitely some rewards for customers that are doing it. I mean, I'm seeing in the dental community, it's really easy for, um, you know, information to flow from an EHR down to a dental provider if they are hooked up to them. And, and I think there's some things that we can do to help not only, you know, increase access to care, which is one of Henry Schein's primary goals, it's it's making sure that that care is also high quality and i think there's some pieces there where as a you know as an overall industry you know i'm seeing a push for it um, from different types of customers most of the of them uh, i consider you know i have a term i call them integrated care providers they're the ones that um, you know they have you, either you are part of a hospital system or a hospital network and you also have dental practices um, you're seeing evolution there you're seeing that model mature and um, I think that you're going to continue to see those things progress and and get to this better uh, interoperability place that future place that we want to be um, because we do want better care and we want it to be faster. And I, I don't think anybody's going to disagree that we want information to flow more freely um, and that it's good for patients and it's good for the industry. You know, the, the importance, you were talking when we started this about, you know, wall marking and dentistry and all these things. Well, you're seeing more, I mean, that's obviously a certain situation, but what you're seeing more and more, right, is integrated health systems, these large health systems, 
incorporating dental providers and oral health as a discipline itself. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because now, you know, dentistry is part of an integrated health system. Uh, you know, as you were talking, it was interesting. I was just thinking, um, you know, we did a, a podcast recently on, on EHR and I pointed out that although it was really good for patient care, one of the things that really helped providers get over the hump to start embracing it was the fact that it helped with their cash flow, their businesses, the you know claims processing, whatever, right? Well, as I was thinking about interoperability, I was thinking about a conversation I had years ago. Um, I'm up in Seattle, as you know, and, and so I had a colleague that was a provider at a University of Washington hospital, and I was talking to him one day when, because uh, University of Washington was, you know, they did a lot of research on EHRs and interoperability, like a lot of institutions do. And he was telling me, he said, you know, Mike, I'm a primary care provider. And he said, you know, I want to give an example about the importance of having interoperability. <laughs> he said, you know, I might see a patient and they may present with an oral abscess. He goes, I'm a primary care doc. He goes, I kind of know about it, but I'm not an, an oral health expert, right? <laughs> I don't deal with oral health all the time. He said, so maybe I'll refer them to a dentist. And he goes, but then I don't know what happens to my patient or I don't know what's being worked on or we can't share information, right? So I'm their primary care provider, but did I send them off to a dentist? And I don't know what's going on. The dentist doesn't know what I did. And he said, you know what, Mike? He said, if I could electronically communicate with a dentist as a primary care provider, he goes, I would give them all my business to that dentist. He goes, because it's so much more efficient from patient care, whatever, workflows to deal electronically and share information, right? So it's kind of struck me because he was basically saying, hey, you know what? If I could get a dentist <laughs> that I could communicate with electronically and share records, maybe I would do all my referrals to that person. So that kind of struck me as it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more of a business issue, right, to a dentist then. <laughs> you know, if you take away the patient care part, which obviously it improves, um, I really believe that it's, you know, you can get more referrals if you're by often this whole idea of, having interoperable information with the rest of the healthcare system. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Uh, the, the, other th the other thing is, if you don't mind, I was going to ask you a question. Sure. So I've been really impressed that, you know, I came from medicine, so I understand interoperability and EHRs. You've been very unique, I think, as a technical person understanding this stuff. In fact, Shine, I know you've worked on interoperability. I know you've, you've adhered to certain standards in some of your work. And um, I'd like to ask you if I can be the interviewer for the second. Um, I'm real interested in how you came about the realization and why Shine, with your product enterprise, has adhered to that. I mean, part of it, I know we've had discussions, and I know you're heavily into the FQHC and CHC market, those markets where, you know, an FQHC has a dental and medical side to it. But I'm real interested if you can kind of talk to me a little bit about kind of how you decided or how Shine decided that, you know what, we are going to adhere to standards. We are going to make our product interoperable. Well, that's a really good question with a fairly lengthy answer, but let me see if I can shrink <laughs> it down and, and make it a little bit more manageable. I think the first thing that, you know, we want to tackle with that is that there's, there's a lot of really smart people in that community health arena they deal with super complicated dental problems and they deal with them regularly. You know, I, I was talking to um, a dental director at, at a health center and, you know, you might see a couple of extractions a month for a regular, G, you know, general practice dentist. They might see two or three a day. 
And so the level of clinical knowledge um, to be a provider in that area creates a different set of unique challenges for those customers. And, and when I say customers, they're you know customers for Henry Schein, but um, when you're looking at those clinics, they have very unique challenges and this additional um, shared information becomes much more valuable because of the level of, of uh, treatment that they're doing. And so a lot of those things you know, came apart because of the evolution of uh, the programs like Meaningful Use. You, you will remember that. You were part of that original group trying to get that off the ground. Right. And Part of those standards, um, you know, they aligned really well with what was going on in the world of community health and, and how important getting that data out is, how important it is to have that structured data, but also having the ability to share it, um, you know, with the other um, medical community with which they're associated. And I think part of that evolution and part of the reason why um, personally, why Dentrix Enterprise continues to invest there is because we actually see additional needs that are not being met in that space. And we see that it's good for patients, which means it's good for the clinics. And, you know, we'll continue to invest and spend time there and support those standards because I think that they're going to get better. I think that we, I think a lot of the programs that have come out of um, you know, CMS and, and some of these other standards groups, I think those have been very good starting points. And I think we're going to see more emphasis. Um, but on the providing, on the technology side, there are some really great challenges that we want to tackle. And that continues to drive us in that direction. And so, you know, I, I'll give you an example. This year, um, we're definitely investing in enhancing our software so that we can get to a new standard of the of the fire standard. It acts more like a RESTful API. It's very common uh, among other medical softwares. It's very easy to integrate with. And so we're looking at that from a direction standpoint and we're saying, should we be investing there? And we're definitely going to invest there. It's great for the community. It's great for the product. It's great for getting information flowing even faster so that dentists and doctors, um, you know, you know, whether it's medical or dental, can make better real-time decisions. And I think you're going to continue to see more integration, more interoperability. Uh, that's a big push for us. And I think we're going to continue down that path. So, so I have a question you were asking me before about adoption. And I had mentioned that, you know, the questions I get seem that the dental industry in general thinks that it's not like here and now. It's something that you know will happen and might be a good thing. Um, again, to play the interviewer role here, uh, what are you finding from? Because you talk to clients all the time, right? Shine clients and enterprise clients. What is the knowledge in general that you're seeing of dentists, the practices of groups of DSOs about the idea of interoperability? Um, what are you seeing when you talk to clients about that whole idea? Oh, what am I seeing? So I'm actually seeing a handful of things. And the first one comes back to if the dental practices source their patients from medical, they are primed and ripe for interoperability. 
that's like a no-brainer right? because it's think of it like a single patient record um, and you're just getting, you know, specialized software for a specialized experience. And, you know, I don't think that's any different than, you know, any of the other specialty softwares out there in medical. Right. And I think that you're seeing that. I think that is a big push. I think also you're seeing this overall improvement in the concept of overall health care. And, and I think from an evolution standpoint, I think that uh, the dental community has done a very good job at, at joining back into that medical community. And the mouth is definitely getting put back in the body from a, a discussion standpoint. We know the data around good oral health means a healthier person. And so you're starting to see bigger pushes in those directions because they're not disconnected items anymore. They're definitely synonymous for good oral health is good health. And I think that we'll continue to, to start to see, you know, more, you know, information in those areas. Um, but I think it's going to be, I think it's financial. I think it's, um, I think it's that shared um, patient base. Uh, you know, I'm starting to see more um, IDNs, uh, integrated delivery networks, adding dentistry to their portfolios. Um, I'm seeing the relationships between very large DSOs and very large um, uh, medical groups starting to form up. And I think those are the, those are some of those primary drivers, which is it's good for everybody, um, to, to have that, that medical and dental, um, combination coming together. Right. You know, I, I, w I would really agree. You know, we did, uh, when we did our, our podcast in EHRs, you know, the one thing, the one thing that's striking, which crosses over with EHRs and interoperability is exactly what you're saying. That's very, important point is that the research we're getting more it isn't just you know pulling teeth or whatever it's it's oral health now and it is a very large specialty in terms you know uh, we're finding all kinds of things the research that's coming out on oral health and it does cross over to the medical world and it's just something that happens that's happening and going to continue to happen and i think you're absolutely right that the research and what they're finding is really going to drive EHRs and interoperability in, in the future. Uh, you know, it's it, it's interesting. I was thinking about the question you asked again about adoption and how I mentioned that one of the frustrating things in medicine in the beginning with getting interoperability was that the vendors didn't want to hook up to each other. They didn't want to play in the same sandbox, right? It's normal, right? Everybody's a competitor. But what changed that was the concept of health information exchanges. And, and, and as you know, but I think the listeners might not, some of them might not, a health information exchange um, was a lot of the states said, okay, you know what, guys, um, I know it's tough for you to hook up with each other, but we're going to provide like a network for you in the state or this geographic region. And you know what? Just worry about hooking up to us, right? Just worry about using the standards we provide and hook up to us, and then we'll send that information to the other vendor, and they'll send it back, right? So, so given that, and given that's kind of what was the driver for kind of interoperability in medicine, the HIEs, and since you do this stuff at Shine, work with interoperability, um, can you talk a little bit about the roles of HIEs, where they're going, um, how you see dentistry hooking up to those, and just the whole general idea of networks being kind of in the middle 
of interoperability? Yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting because in some ways we're early, right? Like I think we're seeing the beginning of the HIE um, for dental medical, um, for the for the hybrid between the two. Um, but, you know, you look at some states and they're very progressive on their HIEs and they support all the standard integration uh, capabilities. And I think that that is, that is a direction states are going. And I think it's, it's going to be, I think states are going to drive some of it. I think it, there's an argument about whether that'll become a national HIE and there might be a single one. I haven't seen any announcements or any directions that way, but you're starting to see um, different areas and different groups starting to head those types of directions. Um, you know, there's a couple of regional HIEs out there now, and, and I think that it's turning into an area of opportunity because people want that data. They, they want to do the dental analytics, right? They want to go in and say, we have a patient population of this many people and we care about our community and we're seeing this much, um, you know, tooth decay in our area. So do we want to use that data to determine how much fluoride's in the water or whether we should fluoridate the water? Or, you know, there's a lot of things that, that are a lot, there's a lot of questions out there that don't have answers. And I believe the HIEs are, are part of the solution going that direction. I think you're gonna see good data coming out of that type of, uh, those types of clearinghouses of data. And, and I think it's gonna be very interesting to see how that progresses over time. Um, you know, you look at like North Carolina, they have a very robust HIE in place. And I think a lot of states are gonna follow suit and head that direction. Um, but you know, some of them are just getting started and, and, and starting to evolve. Um, but I, I definitely see a very positive direction that way. Um, and, and right now I would say the ones that are most successful are at the state level. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over the next, uh, you know, five years, I would say. Um, but I'm, I'm, I like the direction that it's going because I think it's good for patients. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because I, I always take that step back and I like, uh, you know, I always want to make sure the provider has the tools that he needs. And if he does, then he provides better patient care. And so if I keep my eye on the prize, which is patient care, then that seems like a really good idea to have a lot more data sharing, at, you know, specifically at a state level, for example. You know, I'm, I'm really glad you brought up the data, right? Because that's the holy grail. If uh, I'll give you an example. When I was doing the medical EHRs and medical software, I was hired by one of the states, a Western state, and they had a bunch of federally qualified health centers and community health centers spread out through the state. But they were, you know, they worked with each other very closely. Each month they would have each, you know, medical director meet and decide on how are we going to take care of our patient populations in our state throughout the state, right? Well, they actually used the state HIE and the federally qualified health centers and community health centers would report all their, med all their clinical data to the state. They would mine it, they'd massage it, and the clinical directors would meet and say, okay, based on what we're seeing here, um, this is how we're going to handle this issue, or this they're going to handle these procedures or visits or whatever. And they actually work with each other to get standardized care that really improve patient care. So, 
So, you know, that really is the holy grail is the data. And I think the power of HIEs in interoperability is, well, I'll give an example, both the medical and dental, I, because I help my clients get software, right? So I'm, I'm in touch with vendors all the time and I see contracts all the time, right? And so some major vendors, you know, in medical and some in dental have said, okay, look, you know, um, if you get our software, um, because it's the same software we all have, right? We can report to a centralized repository, which means that, okay, if you have X vendor software and you're in Boston and you want to do a, a certain procedure, a certain way or whatever, you can get a benchmark of the success and outcomes through the whole Northeast, let's say, right? But in the past, it's been stuck strictly to a vendor. A vendor would have their own networks, right? And their own repositories, right? But when you and I talk about interoperability, now we're doing, like you alluded to, is now we're benchmarking, we can benchmark the whole country. We can benchmark, because if all these things are tied together, the holy grail of the data, which helps get evidence-based dentistry and better outcomes for patients, now we can mine all the data, not just a particular vendor's database, right? So, so I mean, th that's such an important point. I want your listeners to really hear that, how important the data is and how interoperability really supports where we need to go for better outcomes in patient care. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So any, any last thoughts on, you know, usually I wrap up with, you know, what, what could we achieve if, you know, if we had broader interoperability? And, and I think you just shared that. I mean, I really think it's better patient care. I think it's better. Um, I think it's better data for better decision-making. Are there any other pieces that you feel like we've, that you, you're like, oh, I've got to share this, or, you know, where are you at? Well, I think, uh, I think that it's just really important as people hear this podcast that they understand how it needs to be driven by the industry. Just like in medicine, the industry itself has to drive the need for this. You pointed out, you know, certain instances, right, where if a dental provider was working with medical providers or certain situations where they really, you know, needed that interoperability. But I think we need to have more education. We need to have the industry recognize the importance of this. And we need to have the industry, as you and I talked about, dentistry becoming will become part of more of these integrated delivery systems. I think I think that awareness and people realizing that will help drive the dental vendors because we just can't have one or two or three dental vendors, right, adhere to this. I mean, that's how it was in medicine. In the beginning, right, it was a few vendors, and then they finally all did it, right? I, I guess my only thing is, I really want to get to a point, not ten years from now, not five years from now, because we have the technology where all the dental vendors really understand the importance of this and really have the ability of their products to be able to adhere to these standards, so they can connect at some point. I, I just think that's so important. So, so I guess that would be my parting shot is really. You know, as an industry, we have to demand it, I think, of our vendors to look at this stuff. Well, I'm doing my best on my side as a vendor. <laughs> I know you but are. But as a podcaster, I really appreciate the thought because I think it's it's one of those things that, um, you know, at, at an industry level, you know, we're trying to make good changes. And, and I think we're going to just keep progressing as far as we can go, right? Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. I think this is really, really important cutting-edge stuff. And, uh, and I look forward to... Uh, Having another opportunity to talk to you about this because we can we we can go on forever when we talk, but <laughs> you know, podcast is, podcast only so long. But uh, no, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to kind of share some of our conversations with your listeners. Perfect. Again, Mike, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate your insight 
and your experience and and understanding of what's going on in this you know ever changing dental world. And thank you again for uh, for being a part of our our community and for the work that you're doing uh, to advance dentistry um, and dental technology. So thanks again. Thanks, Steve. Thanks again for joining us. That was a fantastic conversation around interoperability and some of the changes and challenges that are experiencing in our current world. We know that interoperability is gonna be even a more important topic going forward. I'd like to throw out a special thank you to Mike Uritz for joining us again on the Dental Deep Dive. We really appreciate his insights and what's happening in this industry. And below in our show notes, We'll make sure to have his contact information in case you want to reach out and talk to Mike about anything specific or get his help on any questions that you might have. Thanks again for joining. Look forward to catching you next time. To learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise can help your practice, visit them at dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive.